0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: Okay, hi everyone and welcome to our first bonus episode. So we have a co-host today uh, from Love It or Leave It and Pod Save America. We have John Lovett. Hi,
0: how
1: you doing? So uh, John was kind enough to, to, to join us for uh, a four-hour special on why daylight savings time should be
0: permanent. So uh, so take it away, John. The floor is yours thanks i'll do what i can in four hours uh we're gonna start uh where this story must begin ancient mesopotamia <laughs> all right we shouldn't fall back some states can but we shouldn't all right i want to stay in this daylight savings time you heard it here first
1: well no you definitely didn't hear it first if you've listened to to john you've you've heard it here <laughs> um you know for the for the six thousand times so but it's still important it is so let's jump in um I know this has been litigated to death, but let's talk about uh, expanding the court. So let's operate under the assumption that Amy Coney Barrett's confirmed, even if Biden wins, we'll have a 6-3 court, which means that an already bold agenda is is basically prone to be entirely struck down, right? A a strengthened ACA, women's rights, climate change, uh, voting rights, all of it's basically at the mercy of a court that Donald Trump himself constructed a third of. So how do we procedure without expanding the court?
0: So I think first of all like I don't want to assume and I don't think we should yet assume. And I'm not I know you're not saying this that they're going to get this done. Uh I think we have to fight like hell. I'm not saying it's an easy fight. I'm not saying it's a fight we're poised to win, but I think we have to take it you know I'm a I'm a world historic procrastinator and for me I think you got to if you if a project seems too hard, you got to break it down into its uh digestible components and I think like first We have to just delay it past the election and fight like hell to push this beyond the election and hope that there's a shift in politics or something that makes it harder for them to do this in the lame duck. That said, you know, this will be a court uh, put in place by presidents who lost the popular vote, basically, Uh, a right wing court that doesn't reflect the uh, Democratic choices of the American people. And. For those who are skeptical of expanding the court, I, I'm skeptical of it, too. I'm worried, about, I'm worried about the risks of doing that. I'm worried about what happens uh, if you uh, start down that road. I don't like it. I don't like that we're in this position that's required of us to defend democracy. But at a certain, moment, at a certain point, uh, we're going to have to make a choice. Like, Do we want to pass a climate bill? Uh, that will uh, uh, withstand scrutiny at the Supreme Court, that will help us create millions of jobs in clean energy and help make sure uh, that we do our part to solve climate change at a moment when it's uh, plain to see uh, across the country how much damage it's doing? Or do we want to allow this undemocratic body to overturn uh, climate regulations? Do we want to uh, expand health care or do we want to be at the mercy of a court that is going to be very, very hostile to any government Uh, involvement in providing basic social services. I mean, Amy Coney Barrett, there's this this, uh, article she wrote uh, when she was a law professor, I believe, and it's really interesting. It's a really instructive look at her ideology outside of politics, outside of this nomination process. And basically, it's an ideology in which she says, as an originalist, there are vast parts of the social welfare state, vast parts of the regulatory state that are unconstitutional, not just Roe not just the Affordable Care Act. We're talking about the Social Security Administration. We're talking about paper money. Now, does that mean she'll overturn every one of these things? No. She builds an architecture to defend why her originalism will allow certain things to continue to exist. But the threat is there. The ideology is there, and it is radical, and it is dangerous. Building on what you just said, I'd also caution against operating
1: under the right-wing talking points that somehow expanding the courts is the bad thing here. Uh, What a conservative court represents in actuality is the unpopular thing here it's a, a conservative court represents like you said you know this is the end of the aca this is uh, failing to to meet the existential crisis that is climate change it's it's failing to pass voting rights legislation at a time when we need it you know it's it's women's rights that are in in peril right now and yet the right is trying to convince people that the, the that the issue here is that the number 9 is sacrosanct which is not the issue no the issue is following the will of the american people and the only way to do that you know, in the event, like you said, that 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 we that we do lose this majority, that the nomination is put forward, is expanding the court because that is a good thing. And that should be embraced, not rent, not run away from.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, you know, uh, a while back, McConnell was asked at some Republican event, what would happen if a Supreme Court vacancy opened in the final year of President Trump's first term? And he said, we'd fill it. And everybody laughed. Why did they laugh? They laughed because they knew that what they did to Merrick Garland was not a precedent that they would honor. They knew they were full of shit. They knew that they were hypocrites. Right. And what you see a lot of people on the right say is like, these are just the rules. You know, they they have the majority in the Senate. They have the White House. Well, expanding the court is, is part of the rules. The court has been expanded many times in our history. There's no law. There's no uh, there's no constitutional requirement of nine justices. Uh, it's well within Congress's prerogatives to expand the size of the court. Uh, and I think as part of a broader agenda to revitalize our democracy by uh, giving uh, people in Puerto Rico and D.C. a say uh, in how they are governed, uh, protecting the democratic process from gerrymandering, protecting it from vote suppression, making sure that uh, the right to vote is uh, protected across the country. I, I, I just think their answer to these anti-democratic forces is democracy.
1: Totally agree. Well said. So Democrats have shifted their focus, you know, from, oh, the hypocrisy to this is a death knell for the ACA, which which I think is smart, you know, not that the GOP's hypocrisy, you know, being on full display isn't a, a bad thing. But I, I do think that the ACA argument is the more effective one here. So do you think we'll be able to capture the same enthusiasm as we did in midterms uh, for this
0: election or, or you know, is, is scandal fatigue drowning this out? I think we're on track to have the biggest turnout in our lifetimes in a presidential election. That doesn't mean it's uh, nothing is written and nothing is for sure. We have to do our part to make sure everybody turns out. I don't know. I mean, look, Republicans are banking on the idea that there is their their core base of people who are motivated by issues like overturning Roe v. Wade by, are motivated by a right wing court that that's more important to making sure their coalition turns out and is successful than alienating the, the, the big majority of Americans that do not want to see Roe overturned and are supporters of the ACA. Right. So they're betting on, uh, as they do in virtually all of their politics, they are betting on enthusiasm of their minority in, def- in defiance of the will of the majority. You know, there, there comes a point
1: when even if you get 100 percent of like 38 percent, it's not going to be enough. Right. And and still and doubling and tripling and quadrupling down on a shrinking base of people who don't form the majority of this country is, is not a winning formula. And it's also not a formula that's ever going to take us out of this minority rule that we're living in right now. Also, I want to say uh predicating this this election on healthcare also won Democrats forty-one seats in midterms. It was the biggest margin in US history. So it's almost like Trump's disdain for Obama is worth more than him even keeping his job. Like the, the ACA is fine. It's here, it's it's law, it's popular. But Trump hates the guy that it's named after so much that he's willing to make this election a referendum on it, even if doing so is going to cost his job, because taking health care away from people in a pandemic is bad politics.
0: Yeah, I, it's really baffling the kind of political, I, I I think it may just boil down to the fact that what Mitch McConnell wants and what Donald Trump needs are just different things. Like McConnell views judges as part of his legacy. He views right. having a, a, a quintessential Scalia acolyte, like Amy Coney, Coney Barrett on the court as the, like the final achievement of his time as majority leader, which I think he, he sees as potentially uh, slipping away. You know, I said this on uh pod save America yesterday. You get the feeling with these Senate Republicans that it's like a bunch of, a bunch of, uh, the, like the old crew getting back together for one last heist, like one big job fell in their laps. And even though they were out, like they were out and the walls are closing in and, and the voters are closing in and it, they can see that they're about to kind of uh, have to run away in a chase. They're just going to go for it like, like De Niro and Heat, just like saying fuck it and going for one last big score. But you know what happens when they come out of retirement for one last big score? It doesn't work. If it worked, it wouldn't be that good of a movie. <laughs> so uh so let's
1: let's uh, let's jump over to uh, to tax returns. So we mm-hmm. have the New York Times story that shows that Donald Trump paid seven hundred and fifty dollars in taxes uh, in 2016, seven hundred and fifty dollars in 2017. no taxes at all in the ten out of fifteen years prior to that. So, what do you think is the effect here? Because I'm trying to decide if this hurts him because everyone pays more than seven hundred and fifty dollars in their taxes. Even the most diehard Trump supporter has to think, okay, yeah that's 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 not great you know or or will it not hurt him because of course nothing hurts him
0: well so i think that will something hurts hurt trump will something matter it's not an on or off switch so the the way i think about it is uh polls can be wrong they can turn this around they can tighten some of these constituencies can come home to trump things can get worse in these polling in the polling for sure or the polling can be wrong caveats they're out there i 've given them you 've seen them. I just did the caveats. I want them on the record. That said, if you 're Donald Trump and looking at this the current polling and the current dynamic in the race, you want something to change. You want to win some news cycles you want to you want to uh, grab the microphone. you want to tell some stories, do some narratives on your terms. Uh, Biden wants the dynamic to largely remain the same. The story is about his failures on the coronavirus, his chaotic governing his chaotic campaign, him being down on the polls, right? Like Joe Biden thinks things are going okay in the campaign. Trump needs something to shift. Every day that there's a scandal like this, every day the story is being driven by someone other than the Trump campaign, by something other than the Trump campaign, that's another day Trump is losing to make his case. So I think it's valuable there. The other thing I would say is, uh, let's look at the people that are out there. Like, look, there's a core group of people that are going to vote for Joe Biden, no matter what, there's a core group of people that are going to vote for Donald Trump no matter what. What about those swing voters that may be leaning towards Biden? They want to know more about him. They don't like Trump. Did this story about Trump's taxes help help them uh, uh, make their decision? Uh, uh, Maybe. Did it help Trump? I don't think so. Did this... Make his base more enthusiastic about voting for him? I don't think so. Did it make our base less enthusiastic about voting for us? I don't think so. So I don't think there's any read of this story that helps Trump. I do think it probably helps us at the margins. Um, I think think we will see in time how much of a mark this leaves. I think $750 is one of those incredibly memorable, easily understandable ideas that will make people very mad. Right. I also want to
1: point out too, you know, like him not paying taxes and people like him not paying taxes isn't just a matter of like, oh, he's a smart businessman. This is just more proof that he understands the system because it, it's it's not. Him him not paying taxes means that he's not contributing to to cops, to his favorite, you know, law and order uh, a, a talking point. He's not contributing to the U.S. military. He's not contributing to firefighters and first responders, all the people that he panders to while trying to, to pull votes out of them he's not he's not contributing to schools he's not contributing to teacher salaries so you know i i think you know, when he's going to make these make this final push especially you know while while doubling and tripling down on this you know law and order talking point that that he's been using uh, as we get closer to the election it's going to be a lot harder for him to to sell that and it's going to be a lot easier for democrats to just turn around and say like
0: you don't even contribute to these to these entities The way that I've sort of broken it down for myself is that I I see three big takeaways from the tax stories so far, and there's more to come. But this is what I this is what I see from those stories. One, uh, the system sucks, right? It's a crime. What's legal? That's absolutely the case. And we have, you know, if you go if you go look at the the data, ProPublica did uh, a report on this. The most audited counties in America. Uh, they're not, you know, they're not Greenwich, Connecticut, they're not Silicon Valley, they're poor counties in Mississippi because they go after poor and rural black people uh for the earned income tax credit, right? And 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 even as they do that, the the resources for investigations into millionaires into high level tax fraud has been reduced, right? That tells you that the system is rigged. That's one. Two, even in a rigged system, Trump is not normal. Trump is one of the great tax cheats in American history. <laughs> Right. Uh, one of the great losers in our ta- one of the great uh, 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 losers in terms of how much he has claimed to have lost one of the great uh, uh, cheats in terms of how many of these ridiculous write offs and schemes and fees and all the rest that, the, that he has been uh, uh, doing for years. It is not it. There's this sort of cynical stance you see on the right of oh this is just business. It's not right. There are there are plenty of shady customers and shady businesses doing all kinds of things. This is an extraordinary abuse. And there's a lot of fucking. Uh, uh, Law breaking going on under these numbers, the third thing, which I may be the least valuable thing politically at this point, maybe the hardest part of it to actually talk about, maybe the least valuable to talk about, but I actually ultimately think maybe the most important piece of the story you cannot look at these numbers uh, without realizing that there's something missing, there's something we're not seeing. you know when 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 astronomers look up to try to find a black hole in the sky, they look to see. Uh, what's being distorted around it. They can't observe it directly. It's not in the data, but they can look around it and say, hey, there's a big gravitational pull out there that's pulling all these stars, that's making all these disturbances, that's making all these distortions. You look at Trump's numbers, they don't make sense. The debt doesn't make sense. Where the money's going doesn't make sense. How he's moved the money around doesn't make sense. Unless you assume there's a big... Invisible gravitational pull out there. I don't know if it's money laundering; seems like it might be. Whatever the criminal activity is, you can't understand these numbers without assuming that there's a black hole. Our instruments are not yet detecting that tells the truth about why this money is being moved the way that it is. There is a reason why the federal
1: government doesn't give security clearances to people uh, who have high amounts of debt. It's because they're vulnerable to to, to blackmail. Yeah. To, you know that other countries, for example, can use that use that debt to leverage them to do what they want. So, like. For example, you know, it it might cause a president, let's say, to uh not not retaliate against. Oh, I don't know. Let's just pick a country out of thin air. Russia, you know, like even even in the face of election Turkey, interference,
0: Saudi Arabia,
1: right? I mean, you have Jamal Khashoggi, uh, um, being dismembered, and and all that Trump can do is is applaud is applaud their leader. We have we have Russia interfering in our election as we speak. We have Russia placing bounties on our soldiers' heads, and nothing happens, you know, and and it. Like you said, I mean, the, the, there could very well be a reason for that, and this could be one of them.
0: Absolutely. I mean, look, what do we know about Donald Trump? We know he's in massive debt, and we know he views all relationships as 100% transactional and about what they mean for him personally. That is a, uh, I would say, a terrible combo for a president. That's just my take. Uh, call me crazy. Yeah. So let's jump over
1: to the debate. Sure. Uh, we're recording on Tuesday right before the debate, so... Um so by the time this comes out, the debate will have already happened. So since viewers and listeners are going to see and hear this afterwards, what, what about if we just reported on it as if it already happened? So so I'll, I'll start. Um, okay. Crazy debate, John. Uh, Got to <laughs> hand it to Rudy Giuliani and the Trump campaign uh, for looking in Biden's pockets and finding the bottle labeled performance-enhancing drugs for debate. Really glad they shut that down.
0: <laughs> it's like, uh, it's like um, that Bourne movie with Jeremy Renner, everybody pretends didn't happen, you know? Uh, <laughs> The the, taking the blues, taking the greens. Yeah. um, uh, Let's see. What are my conclusions from the debate? I haven't seen, but others have seen when they are hearing this. One, uh, I thought that the debate moderators could have done a better job of adjudicating Trump spreading just flat out misinformation. They stepped in a few times, but let a couple of real humdingers go by Uh, Two, a extraordinary amount of bullshit. Coming from a Donald Trump who was basically unprepared and very much not used to being questioned because he's been president for four years and has been used to yes, sir, no, sir, uh, for a very long time. And I also do think Joe Biden, uh, 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 I am hopeful, (laughs) I'm hopeful did a good job of basically using this as an opportunity to not only call Trump into call Trump to account. For his failures as president, to not let him get away with what he's trying to do, which is declare bankruptcy in his first term and run as a challenger and have an opportunity to speak directly to the American people calmly, like a president, uh, like an actual leader, somebody with compassion, basically giving a lot of people out there the reassurance uh, that he has a plan for how to defeat the coronavirus and bring the economy back and expose people to to a pro-Joe Biden message that a lot of people have said to pollsters is what they need to hear uh, to go from leaning Biden to voting Biden.
1: I think that's really well said.
0: I really hope that happened. <laughs> yeah, I do as well. And I, and I think
1: that there's a good chance of it. You know, I, I think Biden has been for all, you know, we, we still fall victim to, again, like right-wing talking points in terms of like their desperation to... Uh, to define Joe Biden, and I think Biden himself has been really effective when he has come out and spoke about his ability to to lead this country, especially in the midst of this pandemic, especially what's happening in terms of this economy. Whereas all Trump's been doing is deflecting blame and diffusing responsibility. And you know, I, I think there's only so many times while people are watching their friends and family members and neighbors and teachers and you know die of coronavirus that that you can say. Oh, well, it's China's fault, yeah. you know. Like, meanwhile, if you look at New Zealand, if you look at Australia, if you look at Canada, if you look at Germany, all these countries have it under control. This isn't happening in a vacuum. We don't have to say, "Oh, well, we couldn't have done any better," because all you have to do is look one country up to the north, and they're doing better.
0: Yeah, I mean, look. The good news, if you can call it that, is right now the American people, in poll after poll, they basically call the coronavirus and getting out of it and re- rebuilding the economy as the most important issue facing the country, and they view Donald Trump as someone who failed on the pandemic. Now, it is a remarkable part of this polling and a uncomfortable part of this polling that consistently there is an advantage Donald Trump continues to have on the economy. Uh, it is um, a connection uh, that is in just incredibly strong for him, and people, while they... Blame Trump for the pandemic, and they view the pandemic as having damaged the economy terribly. They still do not make the connection that he's responsible for the economic problems and that he's ill-suited to bring us back. Now, my hope is that this tax story, plus Joe Biden having the opportunity to talk about his plans, is going to help shift that dynamic. It's it's uh, it's just one area where Democrats can look at this and say, we can do better here. Totally.
1: Uh, I do want to talk about Eric Trump. I don't know if you've heard the news, but we got a pretty big announcement (laughs) from Eric Trump today. I'm going to play it here.
2: Her her name is Chris. She doesn't want to give her last name because she says that her colleagues at work, it wouldn't go well with them. She lives in Manhattan. She's in her 50s. Secret Trump voter. That's right. She is. uh, She's gay. She said her 401k went up with your dad, 19.6% gas prices, uh, better than they were under Obama. She goes on to say that Obamacare was $560 a month for her and she had lost her job. So she was priced out. She talks about crime in the neighborhood. She talks about Bill de Blasio and how he's uh, inept uh, that the Russia Trump Russia thing the Clinton's fingerprints are all over it um, she calls Joe Biden weak is this but she doesn't want to use her last name and there are a lot of people yeah. that might be voting for your dad that aren't admitting it and, uh, and it was Brett Stevens who's been a critic of, of your uh, dad who wrote the editorial so are you yeah. counting on this person on the secret voter Ainsley, that
0: person's there. I'm telling you, I see it every day. The LGBT community—they are incredible—and you should see how they've come out in in full force for my father every single day. I'm part of that community, and we love the man. And thank you for protecting our neighborhoods, and thank you for for protecting our cities. Look, big Uh, announcement—you know, big announcement.
1: Expected a lot of things from debate day, but but Eric Trump coming out on Fox News was not
0: one of them. You know what? All right, look—I don't want to speak for the entire LGBT community. It's not my place. I can't do it. But I will say that I'm going to uh, put out a put out a letter for us all to sign that says, uh, no, thank you. Uh, Stay, stay where you are. Uh, That said, two points. One, that is a conversation about an incredibly stupid op-ed from Brett Stevens, the New York Times, that claims he has an anonymous Democratic lesbian from Manhattan who uh, uh, is for Trump because of low gas prices and the fact that Bill Barr is going after corruption. That is a completely insane. The, f- the first thing I thought of, it's like, OK, you have you have uh,
1: somebody in the heart of Manhattan and they're going to vote for Trump, because if there is one issue that someone in Manhattan is going to vote on, it's the price of gas.
0: <laughs> I just find I, like this. I, and also, by the way, one other piece of it, too, is it's it was like, uh, uh, oh, you know, I, look, uh, I, I am a Democratic lesbian. But if I get to a mean word in the newspaper, I close the paper like I'm in ha- like, I, I'm sorry. Have you met lesbians from Manhattan? They're tougher than that, my friend. You to, what, what are these? Who are these soft, shrinking, violet Manhattan lesbians? Give me a break. That's one, two. Uh, 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 let's look. I think Eric Trump was still quoting a fake gay person. I think he's not admitting that he is a real gay person. He was quoting a made-up gay person who says the community is for Trump. Uh, That is not true any more than it's true that Eric Trump has joined uh, the LGBT community, (laughs) Right. I think.
1: So let's jump over to Vote Save America. Let's do it. Really great stuff. I I, I sought out uh, Vote Save America because I think it's the best tools we have for all things voting as we head into this election. I I think that they've done— you guys over at Crooked and the Vote Save America folks have done a phenomenal job of just of, of giving everybody everything they need. So what are some of the big dates uh, that, that are coming up with Vote Save America?
0: Yeah. So one thing that everybody should know is if, if you go to Vote Save America, you can sign up. And basically, we will – it's a one-stop shop to tell you everything you need to know from – uh, making sure you're registered, making sure your friends and family are registered, uh, finding ways to donate and help from local races to national races to find ways to volunteer. And what we're and, and one other thing you can do there is you can adopt a state. So the question we get all the time is, I live in a blue state, I live in a red state, what's the most effective way for me to help? And we can basically help you adopt a swing state. So you can adopt one of six states, Michigan, Wisconsin, North Carolina, Florida, Arizona, or Pennsylvania, where I've adopted. And... Uh, basically, once you sign up, we're going to help make sure you know exactly what you can do to be the most most effective as a volunteer, as a voter, uh, and, that's, and we're going to do that by giving you some sort of key dates where you can make the biggest impact. Uh, so uh, uh, on October 3rd, we're going to have a one-month-out week of action, um, and we're going to do a big event, and you can go to Vote Save America and sign up and help uh, make calls, uh, do some uh, um, text banking, write letters, uh, donate, get involved. That's going to be basically this weekend. Uh, Then the week after that, we're going to have our last big adopt a state push to get people to adopt a state and do the most they can in those really key swing states. Uh, Starting October 12th, uh, we're going to be getting people to make sure that they are ready to vote, that they have all the information they need about the candidates and about their ballots. uh, So that like basically in all 50 states, there'll be information no matter where you are to make sure you have the information you need, not only about how to vote, but the way to vote. Uh, And then uh, starting October 19th, we're going to have to uh, make a plan early voting election week to make sure everybody gets their votes in as early as possible. But the key thing is if you go to votesaveamerica.com and sign up, you will get an email that tells you exactly what you can do right then to help. Because one of the things we hear all the time is I haven't volunteered before. I'm nervous about it. I don't know what to do. Go to Vote Save America. If you've never been involved before, if you've never made phone calls, if you've never really taken that next step, this is the time to do it. You want to look back. On this October and know that you did everything you can, because I sincerely believe it is our last chance to make sure we defeat these anti-democratic forces, to make sure we have a say in how we are governed uh, and to make sure we have a, a, a president, a Senate, a House and local leaders uh, that will live up to our values and help make sure we actually can make some change in this country. And it is a um, it's a once in a lifetime opportunity to be a part of an election where um, the stakes are basically total.
1: I also want to add um, that you can go to votesaveamerica.com slash register. The recommendation, you know, to to get registered by at the very latest is October 12th. So you still have time. Go to votesaveamerica.com slash register. And if you're already registered, go to votesaveamerica.com slash verify to verify your registration because Republicans will do their best to kick you off the rolls. Uh, We've seen it before. Actually, we just got good news out of Georgia that uh, Democratic lawyers have stopped Georgia from purging 14,000 voters from the rolls there. So again, votes of America.com slash register or slash verify. Uh, John, can you uh, walk us through some accomplishments that Votes of America has uh, has had thus far?
0: Yes. Yeah, so uh so far in just 2020, almost 50,000 people have used VSA to register to vote, and 260,000 have used our Verify tool to confirm that their voter registration is up to date. We have 250,000 people who have adopted one of the six key swing states to make sure that we win the presidency, more than half a million dollars for voter registration, voter enfranchisement, and candidate efforts, and we've had 26 million, or I think we're going to be about 27 million basically today, uh, to win back the Senate. We've raised a million dollars uh, to uh, in our unifier die fund that was a fund to go to the democratic nominee no matter who it was because we wanted to make sure we all came together we've raised we're now in the process of raising hundreds of thousands of dollars to fight gerrymandering by winning some local races we're doing a house fund to keep some basically we work with uh uh, data for progress which is a a really smart progressive polling firm to identify places where your dollars will do the absolute most good to make sure we hold the house and to make sure we win some local races so uh we've done uh, a ton of uh, fundraising, a ton of volunteering, and and you know those two hundred fifty thousand volunteers uh, at uh, uh, in the in the adopt a state states uh, that's really going to help make sure we win in those states. And if you want, you can become part of that adopt a state program. And it's fun. You can become part of a community. And if you've never volunteered before, I am talking to you, I'm not talking to somebody else. There's nobody else. There's you. I know you haven't done it before. I know most people listening probably haven't done it before. I am telling you, take a chance. Try it once. You'll be hooked. It's not just the right thing to do. It feels better to take action than it does to just retweets. So do me a favor. If you don't like it after you've phone banged for an hour, if you don't want to text anymore, fine. Try it once. I am telling you, it feels good to do the right thing.
1: I just want to bring bring up one thing real quick about your state that you've adopted, Pennsylvania, and that Mm -hmm. is... To if if you've got a mail ballot, uh, make sure that that ballot goes inside the secrecy envelope first, and then inside the outside declarative envelope. And and I think Republicans are are banking on this fact because that that's why they fought it in the Pennsylvania Supreme Court. They're banking on the fact that people will
0: screw this up. Yeah, if you're in Pennsylvania, if you know people in Pennsylvania, you you fill out that ballot, blue or black ink. You put it in the secrecy envelope. Then you put that secrecy envelope in the second envelope. If you, have, if you have if you have trouble remembering this? Remember this, two fucking envelopes. That's all you need to remember, two fucking envelopes. Then you sign, and you date that bad boy, and you send it in. You may need a stamp, I'm not sure. Some places you may need a stamp, but, but if we're in Pennsylvania, we're telling everybody that you need both fucking envelopes. There it is. Remember. So uh, the, last is the, is the, <laughs> the last thing I want to talk about is the states pages. The last thing I want to talk about is the states pages.
1: votesaveamericacom slash states is going to give you... An example of your ballot, no matter where you live in the country, and this is, this is incredible because I have people asking me all the time, you know, after all of this, they finally get their ballots. Who do I vote for? Uh, VoteSafeAmerica.com slash states. You put your address in and it will give you a sample ballot with good progressive candidates that you should vote for. They've done all the work for you. They've done a phenomenal job of getting, you know, aggregating all, the, all of this information from around the entire country. It's a massively helpful tool that I think you should take advantage of.
0: And you don't have to just take it from us. All right. Have you ever heard of The Rock? You may know him as Dwayne Johnson. Sometimes you put him together, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. He endorsed Biden and Kamala Harris, but he also endorsed Vote Save America. In fact, right now on his Instagram, it says The Rock, founder, Vote Save America. And while that is not technically true, we are allowing it. All right. (laughs) We are calling him a founder of Vote Save America. All right. Vote with the strength of the (laughs) fabric. (laughs) of the fabric of those sweaters, being stretched against the the various spheres that make up his body. Well, I can't think of a
1: better place to go out uh, on the imagery on the imagery of of Dwayne Johnson's body. So, with that said, uh, love it. Thank you so much for, for taking the time. The fabric and that's those sweaters so tight. I think we should fade out on
0: on you just discussing the intricacies of, of Dwayne Johnson's body. Are they custom? Are they custom? I mean, I don't, I can't, you can't tell because he's so deformed the sweater with his (laughs) muscles, but it's like, I don't think they make sweaters in that shape at banana Republic, which is what we'll be. If you don't (laughs) fucking vote. (laughs) All right. Love it. Thanks a lot. Thank you. This is great.
1: You've been listening to no lie with Brian Tyler Cohen produced by Sam Graber music by Wellesley interviews captured and edited for YouTube and Facebook by Nicholas Nicotera and recorded in Los Angeles, California. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe in your preferred podcast app. Feel free to leave a five-star rating and a review, and check out bryantylercohen.com for links to all
2: of my other channels.